Hey, Howlers. A couple quick warnings before we get started today. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. There will be some bloody damn cursing. Shit escalates. And don't be a pixie about it. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Every single spoiler for the Red Rising series could Ever. come up in this podcast. Of all time, except not Dark Age, because we don't know what happens. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you shouldn't listen. You should go read the books and then come back. And then be spoiled. Exactly. Uh, and then we also want to talk to you about where you can find us on social media. You can find us at HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-A-R-P-O-D, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Etsy. Yeah, there's an Etsy store now, so you can get your hashtag merch. Hashtag content. <laughs> and you can rep some wolf shit. Yeah, and tell people about the HowlerPod and the amazing Red Rising series. On to... Howler Pod. Oh! Another flash of lightning, and he appears, floating in the bitter storm like the ugliest angel ever shit out of heaven. Severo has come, and he's brought friends. Hello, <laughs> Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ooh, ooh. I'm your host, Ben Reinert. Co-hosting with me today is the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. We came to talk about chapters 17 through 21 of Golden Sun. We did. Let's, let's hop into it immediately. All right. Let's load up this star shell, which we actually get to do today, <laughs> today. <laughs> and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully we don't shit our shoots. Or pass out for too long. <laughs> All right. Chapter 17, what the storm brings. After getting the sovereign to lie, good job, Darrow. Mm -hmm. Darrow is escorted to a lavish new suite by Fitchner. Soon after, a pink comes to the room and gives Darrow a small hollow cube. It's a message from Mustang telling him to take cover. It's like the message that just says duck, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then a rock flies over your head. Darrow hears a howling outside the window and then sees a flash of lightning. A dark figure is floating outside his window. Another flash. He sees eight more dark figures. Severo and the howlers have come to break him out. They're back. Our favorite. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Severo breaks through the window, and the rest of the Howlers join him inside, and they all have a moment where they kneel, and Darrow's like, get up, you're short. <laughs> Severo tells Darrow that they've been on Luna for weeks, that Mustang had brought them back from the rim as an insurance policy. And Darrow's like, oh, she does know what's going on. She's so on. smart. <laughs> oh, I forgot she was smart. I thought I was smart. So Severo then tells Darrow that they want what he's making, war. Darrow tells them they need to find Augustus, and just before they leave, Severo shows Darrow uh, the special package that he's been lugging around. Mm -hmm. It's none other than Lysander. Ah, uh, Loon. Uh, chapter 18, Bloodstains. Uh, so Darrow and the Howlers leap from the window of Darrow's room, uh, use their grav boots to fly over to the Augustus villa, where it's eerily quiet. Darrow knows the Sovereign is... is uh, got her assassinations going on so they're ready to find some dead bodies really 
Uh, they decide to fly up to the top of the building, kind of work their way down floor by floor. As they uh, move their way down uh, the building, they see more and more evidence of the attack pa- taking place. Like on one floor, they see a whole bunch of low colors killed. Next floor, there's like one golden Praetorian killed and that kind of thing. As they get closer to the bottom of the building, they start to see vibrations in the building and dust rising up this staircase. They can't hear anything, though, because there's a jam field down there. So Darrow, being Darrow, jumps down the stairwell <laughs> like, <"Bye." laughs> with no armor and only a razor and jumps right into basically utter chaos and death. It's a little war zone down on the on the lowest level. The Howlers quickly follow. They kind of hop in front of Darrow and protect him uh, as he's uh, killing a whole bunch of people. Darrow realizes, there's, realizes they aren't going to last long in the middle of this war zone. So he has Severo punch a hole through the ceiling with his pulse fist. Him and the Howlers fly up and out of the building. Um, once above the, fl- the fray, Darrow just starts screaming for Aja. Another gold Praetorian takes notice. She flies up to meet him. Darrow uses his newly won status with the Sovereign to make her take him to Aja. She does. And then... Aja has the other golds, like all the Augustans, basically, cornered in uh, an underwater hot spring outside the villa. They're hiding in there because they can't see him like thermally or whatever. They are running out of air, though, and they only have minutes left to survive. Daryl uses his leverage, Lysander, and threatens to kill him if Aja does not let the Augustans go free. She agrees, too, because she doesn't really have any other options. Uh, So the Howlers retrieve them from the spring. They board a cargo ship Mustang has brought for them. She's flying up above. Just as Darrow and Quinn start ascending to the ship with Lysander, Aja, or Aja, I mean, lunges forward, grabs Quinn, slams her into the ground, punches her savagely, and leaves her there on the ground, broken and dying as she backs away with a panther-like smile. What a bitch. That was really bad. Chapter 19, Stork. Darrow goes to retrieve Quinn as she lies injured on the ground, but the jackal swoops past him from the ship and picks her up uh, before Darrow reaches her. Then he brings her back up to the ship as Darrow rises with Lysander still with his razor wrapped around his neck. Mm-hmm. There are no yells on board, so um, the jackal starts to evaluate Quinn's condition and says her brain is swelling and she's badly hurt, and he thinks that he may be able to save her life. Darrow, Severo, and Victra leave the jackal there and wrote saying poems and shaving her head, her <laughs> hair. Yeah. He shaves her hair so that they can fix her brain. So yeah, they leave the jackal there. Great idea, guys. Mm. And head to the cockpit with Lysander. Then they meet Tactus along the way as he follows as well after Severo beats him up. And they find Augustus and Mustang, Kavax, and Pliny all in the cockpit. cockpit. So Augustus tells Victra to take Lysander back to the passenger hold, but Tactus volunteers to escort him, and Victra's like, thanks, Tactus. <laughs> I didn't want to be the only woman doing the kids stuff. Yeah. So they discuss what they'll do next. Pliny wants to make peace because he's a little pixie, but Augustus <laughs> declares that they will make for Mars and for war. Suddenly, the blue pilot informs them that the cargo bay door is opening. Darrow, Severo, and Victra, realizing who it is, run to the cargo bay, but Tactus is already out the back of the ship with grav boots and with Lysander. Their protection from the Sovereign is now gone. Thanks, Tactus. What a dick. It was a real dick move. 
So Darrow estimates they have about two minutes before the boarding parties, so they have to shift the paradigm. <laughs> Good call. Chapter 20, Helldiver. Uh, yeah, so knowing they're all about to die, we've got we've to change the paradigm. The Augustans in the cockpit begin to make peace with their own imminent deaths. They're just like, we're fucked. Darrow's like, I've got an idea. He instructs the blue pilot to take them toward the deadliest ship in orbit, the Vanguard. Uh, Darrow and Severo then sprint from the bridge to the launch bay and load themselves into star shells. Uh, Victra helps Darrow load into his suit, giving him a kiss as she does. Ooh, ooh. On the mouth. On the mouth. <laughs> mouth kiss. Darrow wishes it was Mustang, though. Yeah. Uh, once in the star shells, Darrow and Severo are loaded into the spit tubes and ready themselves to be shot through deep space at 10 times the speed of sound. There's a lot of good back and forth between uh, Darrow and Mustang at that part. Uh, so Mustang lines up the shot and launches Darrow and Severo towards the bridge of the Vanguard. Uh, they shoot past the ship's defenses, and just before they reach the ship, Darrow shoots the glass of the bridge with his pulse fist. They smash into the glass as Darrow lets out a madman's scream. Woo! <laughs> Chapter 21, Stains. Darrow and Severo explode into the bridge of the ship, crashing through desks, displays, and through walls. Because of that, people start getting pushed out of the ship because yeah, of the pressure. Yeah, they're getting sucked out by the vacuum. So Darrow and Severo pick themselves up and return to the bridge just before it completely locks down. They are in their mech suits, which are like huge metal suits. I think of like the Transformers. They make quick work of their remaining golds and obsidian still on the bridge, a.k.a. they kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Darrow then turns to the remaining blue pilots. Um, there's a shrewd olive skin female blue. I wonder who that is. <laughs> She helps Darrow assess the ship because the other guy is, like, whimpering. She pulls up a hollow showing a gold-led party attempting to make their way onto the bridge, and they're trying to knock the door down. Darrow makes an announcement to the entire ship, telling them normal procedure would be to open the ship and vent 20,000 crew members and basically kill everyone. But he's saying, actually... They can keep their lives if they accept him as their new commander and rise up <laughs> to the over uh, to overwhelm all the remaining golds and basically gives them all permission to use the armories to kill all the higher colors, starting a revolution, if you will. Mm-hmm. The gold party is about to breach the bridge, and uh, Darrow and Severo are ready to fight. And just before the door comes down. A deep voice comes from the calm. It is a stained. Who is it? He wants to come meet Darrow. Are you a godchild? <laughs> they watch on the hollow cam as the largest stained obsidian that they've ever seen bursts in the hallway outside the bridge and kills everybody in quick succession. <laughs> he then enters the bridge through the hole that was melted in the door and introduces himself. Who is it, Ben? Ragnar Volaris. <laughs> <laughs> he offers he offers Darrow his stains, and Darrow accepts. Woo! Thus begins the greatest relationship <laughs> in all of history. All right, so that's what happened in these chapters. We need to talk about the theme that ties them all together. Our theme for this week is Aaron. Revolution. Yes, it's a good one. So I we see this in a couple places here. I think there might be some Hamilton... Uh, parallels <laughs> did you want to sing <laughs> the only thing i can think from the musical is 
something like in the revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know that but one. But it has like no context. <laughs> so we'll, we'll work on our Hamilton song for for revolution. But yeah, so this week we saw this in a couple places. First was with Augustus. So he's starting his own kind of personal revolution against the sovereign. He wants to be the king of Mars. And then within that revolution, we've got Darrow kind of starting his own mini rise up low colors. Let's do this all together. Rise revolution. up when you live in on your knees, you rise up. There's the Hamilton song. And then I also thought the Lancelot of the revolutionary set. Okay, sorry. I got all the Hamilton things bursting out of my brain. Just like they burst through the bridge. That's how Hamilton bursts out of me. Of the of the vanguard, now now called the Pax. Oh yeah. Yeah. It should be called the Ragnar is a badass. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a a couple places we see this. So like we kind of talked about, it's kind of first with Augustus. He's starting to the gold revolution. Right. Push back against the sovereign. He's gonna make for war. So. And then there's also Darrow's own kind of personal war and his uh, revolution within the society. So kind of the first place we see this is the Howlers are back. We've got Severo talking to Darrow, and he said, We came for you, Reaper. We saw what you did to Cassius, and we want what you're trying to make. And that is what poor killers always want, war. So that's like right now we're already talking about. The Howlers are like, let's go. Let's do this. So and then... Through Aja, uh, the Sovereign is threatening Darrow uh, right before he flies off with Lysander or whatever. And she says, so run, Darrow, uh, Andromedus. Run home to Mars, for my legions will follow you to the ends of the un- of this universe. And Darrow says, I hope so. So he's ready for war at that point. He's ready to start this revolution. He's like, will do. Yep. And then kind of the opposite of Darrow and Augustus and the Howlers wanting to start war and revolution, Pliny the snake is saying to Augustus, peace will preserve your line, my liege. Set yourself against the sovereign, and what hope can there be? Remember Rhea and how it burned? Preserve your honored family with peace by any means. Mm-hmm. So Pliny's trying to stamp out this fire that Daryl lit in Augustus's heart by saying, like, all right, like, we had our fun. Now you need to grovel and right. and ask for forgiveness. And he thinks the sovereign would like still let them live, which is just ignorant. I mean, right. No matter what, if they apologize or if they fight, yeah. either way, she's gonna kill them all. Yeah. Augustus responds when the pu- when the sovereign pushed against me, I bent like gold should, with grace, with dignity. But now she cuts at me, and beneath the grace, beneath the aplomb, her knife will strike iron. We make for Mars and for war. So right there, it's decided. He's like, screw you, Pliny. Yeah, we're not doing any apologies. We're going to fight this bitch out. Right. And apologizing is a stupid idea. Yeah, especially like you said, like you were just saying with the sovereign, like it's not like she's going to accept any apology at right. this point. You're Pliny's just... just a political person right? and not a fighter, obviously. Mm-hmm. We also have to remember Darrow's real reason for revolution, which is eo's dream mm-hmm. and wanting uh, to live an equal life where all people are not treated terribly right this is when we're hearing how the r8s don't claw to life and how augustus thinks that death 
is not grander than his own pride. Right. This is kind of like when they're in the ship and they think they're about to die. Yeah. They're all like readying to die Mm -hmm. and like, let's die as an our rate should. Like, do not, you know, scream and cry. We'll go down fighting. Mm -hmm. And Darrow says, I claw because I carry the torch of something that must not die. That must not go out. Right. Meaning the revolution of the Reds. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I really like that. Like we were kind of talking about, Darrow, he kind of like hides his own revolution within the Augustus revolution. And you can really see that the first seeds of his um, getting the low colors to rise up is when he takes the bridge of the Vanguard and he's talking to everybody on the ship. And so he's talking to the whole crew, the 20,000 people. He says, so you see, you are my salvation and I am yours. I will not sacrifice 25 or sorry, 20,000 of you to kill 61 of my enemies. He's talking about the remaining golds on the ship. He says, I chose this vessel above all the others because of its crew. To me, you are not expendable. So what I ask of you is this. Choose me as your commander and overwhelm those golds who think you expendable. And that's something like you don't say to low colors as a gold. And he basically gives them permission to kill the golds when he opens the armories. Every single gold thinks every other color is expendable. They don't have any really respect for that. It's not part of... They don't even count them in the census when from the academy when everyone dies. They only count when gold people die. Yeah, and even then, like Severo goes, that was rousing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, to the speech and Darrow's even going was it too he goes too democratic and then Sarah Severo says I don't think autocratic democracy counts you did threaten to vent them into space <laughs> which is just funny right <laughs> so even though like obviously Darrow's main mo is to um, empower the low colors he's still acting his part well by saying like I'm still in charge I'm still a gold yeah. like I'm still better than democracy is always a dirty word so he's saying, like, if you don't do this, then I will kill you. Right. So. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it in the next few chapters, but I do remember just from my previous rereads, like, the fact that Daryl did that, the other golds are like, probably shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you, can't, right. you can't teach these low colors that they have a place, you know. In the future, the whole thing with Ragnar having a razor. Yeah. Like, that's, that's supposed to be, like, the obsidians think that that's a holy right. instrument for the gods mm-hmm. and daryl's like yeah that's not a true story we lied to you golds aren't gods so you can kill everyone yeah and that uh actually there's takes us into come my, my next quote that i had written down here and that's once ragnar is introduced we get a little bit of history about the obsidians mm-hmm. and their revolution against the golds called the dark revolt daryl says it's the only uprising to ever threaten the gold reign we took their history we took their technology and wiped out a generation gave the race the poles of planets, the religion of the Norse, and told them we were their gods. Yeah. So now they're, they took all that away, but we've had a previous uprising, and it was actually a real threat to the society, and it was when the Obsidians realized that they're probably just as powerful, if not more powerful, than gold. Yeah. Definitely bigger. Yeah. Are you god child? So all of those points really just emphasize the theme that we chose for these chapters, which is obviously revolution. Yeah, I you mean, can kind of see it woven throughout. Um, this kind of piggybacks on our last episode of power. We're just kind of transferring power now slowly 
to the low colors through Darrow. Right. And I like how Darrow like hides his revolution. It's like a Russian nesting doll or whatever, you know. Oh, like yeah. his <laughs> opens up and like it's Darrow's revolution inside of Augustus's revolution. Right. Octavia thinks that she can smash those little Russian dolls, <laughs> but they're made out of iron gold. <laughs> All right, that's the th- that's we- this week's theme. Let's move on to the Prime Five, which is obviously our five favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Sure is. Do you want to take I'm, the first one? I'm going to take all the ones relating to love and relationships because <laughs> those are my favorite parts yeah. besides the fighting. <laughs> so the first one I'll take is Severo and Victra's first interactions. Yeah. And this is honest to God, my first time that I even like remember that they interacted, you know, before they were like, before, like making in out. Love. <laughs> right. So these uh, insights really made me laugh because knowing their future, yeah. it's, it's kind of more enjoyable. They all took me by a surprise too, kind of like I wasn't, I didn't right, remember. Right. You're it. like, oh, yeah. yeah. So um, the first is Severo is in pain uh, visibly because of Quinn and he's struggling to keep the emotions from his face. Uh, Victor notices, and she places a hand on his shoulder. Severo shoves it off and says, I don't know you. He snarls. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, get off me. (laughs) Like, you know, just being rude. Yep. After Severo kicks Tactus's ass. Yeah, because he he was talking about Quinn. Quinn or was being a dick. Victor says, "Uh, prime work, she says to Severo. Slag off, cow. <laughs> it's just, that's <laughs> so vi- mean. <laughs> and then Victra says to Daryl, who is this little one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're like, does Victor kind of like him a little bit after she sees how he takes Tactus down? I think she definitely does, I yeah. think she was like, oh. And I think Victor's so gorgeous and rich and such a badass. She's not used to men being, like, mean to her. Right. Which is kind of why she likes Darrow, too. Like, mm-hmm. she's used to only being told yes so oh i'm sure yeah um, severo's like pushing her hand off like i don't know you and she's like mm-hmm. intrigue and then a later quote in these chapters victor says nasty little man i don't think he likes me <laughs> which again is like he pretty much acts like that the entire time towards her right until they I basically know, and then, until they and like then they're like married and and daryl's like what the fuck well just at one point they like jump happen? each other kind of and they're like work oh, it out I don't remember. Yeah. That'll be fun to read. Mm-hmm. All right. That was uh, one of our Prime 5. What's next? Uh, okay. Well, I've got to take the Star Wars reference, obviously. Cause yeah, because you're a nerd. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, Pierce does this, like, periodically throughout the books. He'll have, like, a real pop culture uh, reference. And in these chapters, there's one to Star Wars line from Han Solo where he says, never tell me the odds. So Darrow's telling the blue pilot to fly closer to the Vanguard, the big ship uh, that he ends up taking. And the blue pilot's like, that's going to de- uh, increase like, our chance 1, of dying. 1,000% yeah. death. <laughs> yeah. And Gerald's like, never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what Han Solo says to C-3PO right before they go into the asteroid uh, belt in Empire Strikes Back. No, it's just in Empire Strikes Back. It's just one time. Mm-hmm. Ben's going to get a tattoo <laughs> on his face. This is Never Tell Me it's the Odds. literally on my computer. Where is it? It's oh. How Solo, Never Tell Me the Odds. That looks like a Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, it's supposed to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's a nerd cut real deep. 
All right, so I'll take a love one again. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is Mustang and Darrow's love story, which we love. We love the love. At the beginning of these chapters in 17, Darrow is in his room, and he's kind of reflecting on, you know, what's going down. He's, He's coming down from all his adrenaline and thinking of EO. And then he says, I can... I cannot think only of the red girl. When I see the moon, I think of the sun. Mustang burns in my thoughts. If Eo smelled of rust and soil, then the golden girl is fire and autumn leaves. And then later he's thinking, when I feel the dirt, I honor Eo. And when I see fire, I remember the warmth and flicker of the flames across Mustang's skin as we lay in our chamber of ice and snow. This is Darrow just coming back from all the craziness at the gala he had just seen mustang with cassius and um now he's thinking more tenderly of his memories with mustang Mm -hmm. and then there's one more moment before the star shell gets shot out darrow says aim true and she says always darrow her silence says a thousand things i'm sorry i tell her good luck this oh, is not fun. Several <laughs> So they have like a special moment, and then several ruins it again. That that time that when Daryl says, "I'm sorry," that's just is like a. Uh, he's I'm saying sorry like for a, like a million things right there. He's even saying sorry for things that she doesn't know about. Yep, exactly. You know. Yeah, and he like, thinks I'm that s- she may never know. Right. He well, he's ready to die. Yeah. In the star shell slash <laughs> hitting the you know best and most deadliest ship in the armada right he's like saying i'm sorry as as saying goodbye and then severo <laughs> this is not fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love how nervous severo is the entire time uh-huh he starts like speaking latin and stuff right <laughs> and daryl's like, a, he's are, like does are you a, okay does a wolf shit in the woods <laughs> or a bear <laughs> all right next on the list is uh, a couple character introductions obviously the big main Dude, character introduction is Ragnar uh, Valaris. Are our you favorite. a god? I just love that. <laughs> I love that his voice is in bold all uh-huh. the time. Like, I've never seen that in another book. So, uh, can I try to imitate the audiobooks yeah. reading? <laughs> I'm very excited for this. He says, Can you hear me? He's like, Are you a god? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, (laughs) I will come to meet you and your companion, Godchild. (laughs) It's like really hard R's and like very slow. That's funny. I love how Which in my head, it was always like, like screaming, like so booming, like, oh, you are God. (laughs) So it was funny to hear like a different take than what my brain had come up with. I just love that he's like, I am coming to meet you and your companion. And your companion. <laughs> and Sarah's like, this. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they're both just like, Ugh. They're like, should we hide? <laughs> and then there's also another introduction of, of a beloved character. Uh, we don't, we haven't learned her name yet, but she does appear. It's Orion. She's our helpful blue. And this is why Ben loves blue so much. That's true. I do love, I like Orion a lot. She's pretty cool. She obviously steps up to the plate immediately. I love how she's like, kind of different than all the other blues like sh- she's she got has more, more of a personality you can see the um like awareness in her eyes she's not as robotic mm-hmm. as the other blues and she's not a pixie 
because like the commander is like sniveling because he has a cut on his face. Yeah. And she's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay. She's like, ah, I'm fine. I know. Uh, and she's about to get herself a, a new ship. So yeah. Good for Orion. She is. We, I think we should talk more about Ragnar <laughs> and how he um, is fighting with a razor. He doesn't fight with a razor. No, in his belly. Yeah. His oh, ribs. yeah. Yeah. He but gets stabbed and then just the gold shakes like, it stabs off. him and he like leaves it in there while he keeps <laughs> killing everyone. Yeah. And then he kills the gold and then like very gently like sets her down. Yeah. Like he's very respectful at, and he's like I gave her a good death. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how then he comes through and then he offers his stains and Darrow's like trying to feel it out, you know, and several's just like say yes already. Say, say yes. yes. <laughs> like and Daryl's like, why are you offering me your stain? It's like, why are you asking about gold? Yeah. Like, don't bite the gift horse, dude. And Daryl's like so excited. He's like, I think I just gained something yeah. awesome. He's like, I'm not sure what, what's going to happen with this, but it seems and pretty cool. Ragnar still has a razor stuck. And he just trip. runs off to go right. All right. help the just leave it in there. The stork land in the, the cargo bay or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Ragnar. He's so good. He pokes through the, the cage I've built around my heart <laughs> for him. Every time. The final Prime 5 that we have moving on is our first experience with star shells. And this, again, uh, goes back to Pierce's amazing writing and how right. everything that we learn and everything that's new to us is so descriptive and like... We really can feel it, like what it mm-hmm. is. I love how he set this up with uh, him trying to do it at the academy. Uh huh. And then he couldn't, they Kinda shut like it down. Buzz everything. Kill, right? right. So I, I put in some quotes, but it says, They said this was suicide at the academy when I wanted to launch myself, but this is why I was made to dive into hell. <laughs> 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 and then it says, One second I'm on the ship, the next I'm ripping through the deep of space at 10 times the speed of sound. <laughs> <laughs> Severo is howling in the calm. I can't think. I'm screaming inside, laughing like the flames of a wildfire, laughing because I know it's my madness that these logical warriors cannot fight. That's a good point. Like, Darrow, like, gold just don't understand him. Because he's not a gold. Exactly. And they're like, he, they don't understand how he thinks kind of opposite of them like they're mm-hmm. readying the ship to fight like they've been taught mm-hmm. they're readying it for um borders mm-hmm. and daryl's like cool yeah let's go actually steal their best ship instead right and then we might live yep pierce's writing in this section is just amazing in this chapter mm-hmm. he like talks about uh how the human body can't take it right shits their suits and just the way he describes like the loading of the shell and like all the mechanical mm-hmm. buzzes and whirs and like the, the gears. Yeah. You can't look up, your neck will snap. The loading into the spit tube and all that. It's just like the tension really builds and you can feel like I get like nervous reading it. You, you start know? Like, like bouncing. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> it's very, very exciting. Exactly. And yeah. And then he has like them pop through the window and they're in their mech suits. He has like a great description about Darrow killing where he's just like, it's like, a metal fist punching a watermelon. Yeah, the inside, inside of a watermelon. Inside of a watermelon. I was just like, oh, that and is such a nasty He talks like, about several like slapping his thigh, like laughing, and then he's like, oh. Because yeah. <laughs> he like dents the metal on his thigh. It's all amazing. Mm-hmm. I always think of 
star shells as you know it's called like the sky shot at six flags or like the detonator mm-hmm. or something where the roller coaster ride that just like shoots you straight up right it's kind of like waiting for that and like not knowing when it's gonna go yeah and then all of a sudden you're shot straight up you know yeah that huge like surprise it's but like then that, it's like really fun right yeah makes it more death <laughs> like, into the deepest space right. <laughs> less controlled Okay, so that's the Prime 5 for this week. That takes us to Primus of the Week, which is, of course, the one character who conquered our Proctors of Plot and rose above the rest. Who is the Primus this week? Aaron. It's Severo. (laughs) Nice choice. He's the ugliest little angel ever shit out of heaven. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't. I mean, you could. Pro- there's probably a pretty good case for Darrow, but he's been Primus two weeks in a row, we don't or two want episodes him to in a get row. A big head. Yeah, and so it is. Is like Severo's back. We got to celebrate that. He's also like more of a badass than he was um, in the Institute. Yeah, he's tougher and rocking some sweet armor. He's the leader of the Howlers mm-hmm. uh, in Darrow's stead. He's also good at fighting. Mm-hmm. As well, we he see. like. He breaks Darrow out in the first place. Right. So, I mean, that's huge. We're not, we couldn't even get this started if all the Augustans would be dead. They basically, if, if not Severo, Severo right? and the Howlers well, didn't show up. If Mustang didn't yes. do all that. Ultimately, yeah. We, um, nice. we got to give credit to Mustang on that one. Also, Severo is hilarious, um, like we've said before, because of his unwillingness to respect authority. <laughs> yeah. Like he calls. Darrow, Lord Reaper, yeah. like he tells Augustus basically, like I'm not, I'm not like, here for you, man. Yeah, I'm here for Darrow. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't mean anything to me. Yeah. Um, he does have just a lot of great lines. Like he does. Uh, he he says about Fitchner, like he's a shit eater. Yeah, he made his bed and he can lie in it while we burn it down or right. something. And then there's the whole like we talked about with the star shell sequence where he's like really nervous and he's got he's saying all those lines all in those Latin. funny things to darrow and then he starts yeah he starts talking in latin and darrow's just like what is going like, on with you man you <laughs> yeah and so. he's like uh darrow's like if that's gonna be your last line then that's sad and darrow uh, several's like well, if, well you may suck my and then, <laughs> yeah, and then they're shot, shot out <laughs> he also kicks tactus in the balls <laughs> and beats him up which tactus deserves because Tactus sucks. Oh, yeah, Tactus like, well, I'm doing better than that girl's head back there. Oh, my God. Um, And he's talking about, like, how she's hot or something. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the whole sequence, because it's so good. Severo kicks Tactus in the balls from behind, foot going between legs hard enough to dent metal. He elbows him in the side of the head, sweeps his leg in swift cravat form. Three more strikes to the ears before Tactus hits the ground. Severo puts one knee into Tactus's shoulder wound a forearm against his throat, the other knee into his groin, and his free hand dangles a knife over Tactus's eyeball. Talk about Quinn again, and I'll cut your balls off and jam them in your eye sockets. Typical uh, Tactus. He has, like, some quip back, too. That's just like... He's like, always keep your eye on, on the ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... God, man, you suck. But that whole thing was like, <laughs> yeah, go Severo. Yeah. I'm glad he got those final shots in before Tactus decided to That's just true. betray everybody. Yeah. Well, ultimately, he loses at the end, so it's fine. <laughs> Good All job, Severo. Yeah, so congrats to Severo. I believe, is that his, is it his second win or his first win? Second win? 
Great question. That's a good question. Do, somebody, do, do, do. somebody, let us know. <laughs> 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 I think he's won once before. He he did win because he got yeah. him out of the lock. Right. Good job, Severo. Yep. I'm sure you'll win again. Yep. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? You want me to go first on this one? Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend some more music. What? And this is an album by a band called St. Paul and the Broken Bones. It's called Young Sick Camellia. came out last year. I, I have been listening to it a lot over the last like six months. Love it. Super funky. It's like old school kind of funk dance music with horns, kind of like soul vibes to it as well. I would highly, highly recommend it. It's great music, great for a party uh, or just great to jam out and dance to by yourself, which I do often. St. Paul and the Broken Bones, Young Sick Camellia. Great. Add it to your Spotify. So I'm going to recommend a Netflix show series, but it's based on real life 19th century events. It's also based on the 1996 Margaret Atwood novel, and it's called Alias Grace. Did you watch this? Uh -uh. It's amazing, basically. But it's based on the novel, which is based on events, so it's not like totally true. Mm -hmm. But it takes place in Canada. It's about uh, this woman named Grace who's an Irish immigrant, and she's a servant. Um, and she's convicted of a murder in 1843 of uh, her employer. But the show is, like, so well done. It's it's kind of, like, suspense, and you're kind of nervous the whole time. Yeah. But the entire series is binge-worthy. That's so cool. Nice. I would watch it. Alias Grace. Sounds good. All right. That's what you got. Alias Grace and St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Check that shit out. Check it. On All the right. mic. All right. Next episode, what are we reading? We are reading Golden Sun. Still? still? Yeah. <laughs> chapters Imagine that. 22 through 27. Chapters 22 through 27. We'll be back with more breakdown discussion. And more Ragnar Valaris. More Ragnar. Are you a god? Fingers crossed. We're just enjoy them while we have them, people. Oh. <laughs> All right. Don't forget to follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, at HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. Thank you, Howlers. Omnis Vir Lupus. Ow. Ow.